0: get clued up on the levels of toxins that are part of everyday life with low-tox lifestyler Renee Carroll. Renee tells how thyroid issues, Hashimoto's autoimmune disease and a lack of direction from doctors forced her to take control of her own health and properly investigate what she was consuming in terms of food, cosmetics, cleaning products and many other areas. Renee goes on to tell how she has taken her own knowledge through regaining her health To create her business, Low Tox Lifestyler, so she can share her message and educate others about living a more consciously low-tox lifestyle. Again, the theme of taking responsibility for yourself, your health, and your choices, and not leaving them in the hands of governments and large businesses, plays a key theme. Renee talks with a lot of passion and lived experience. She also shares a lot of tips and advice throughout her story of how you can begin to make these choices for yourself. So enjoy, Renee. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. A low-tox lifestyle is where we'll be investigating today with my guest, Renee Carroll. Renee, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks, Bryn.
0: Thanks for coming. So one of the questions I always ask my guest is... um, about their relationship with Western Australia. Now, you were born here, is that yes, correct? Yes, that's correct. So tell me about growing up here and what it's like.
1: Okay, so my I grew up here, born and bred, as you say, and I'm an absolute beach fiend. Um, A beach fiend. Yeah, absolutely love the ocean, the sand, um, connecting with that. And what it now has brought into my life, as I have low tox my life over the last few years, um, interestingly enough, somehow I managed to marry a Tasmanian that thinks the beach is the weirdest place ever. <laughs> mm. So that's uh, an interesting journey all of its own. And throughout my twenties and early thirties, I've spent you know twelve months living in Darwin, twelve months living in Broome, uh, nearly eighteen months living in Auckland, and uh, my future is Hobart, eventually. Eventually. With, yeah, with the hashtag hot Tasmanian. With the hot (laughs)
0: Tasmanian. So do you consider yourself a proud West Aussie?
1: Very proud West Aussie. And in fact, when I returned from Mm. living in Auckland, that was the last adventure of living outside of WA Mm. or Perth, um, just after I turned 30, I swore black and blue I'd never leave again.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. You haven't yet.
1: Well, not yet. The plan is for it to be in the next couple of years, though. What does it mean to you, though? To be here and to. Yeah. To, and what. It just. The lifestyle's amazing. And anyone who tells me, but there's nothing to do here, I feel like slapping them around the head and saying, <laughs> well, turn off the television, get off Facebook, <coughs> and open your freaking eyes. There's concerts, there's like music, there's. Festivals. There's all sorts of things going on. There's food festivals, wine festivals, cheese festivals, you name it. There is so much Mm. shit to do. You just need to open your eyes.
0: So true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's only getting, I mean, to the point where some events are not able to get the traction that they want because there's too much to choose from.
0: Yes. Here in Little Perth. Little remote Perth.
1: I know, right? So, Mm. yeah, and I love it here. I think we're very lucky, very spoiled.
0: So we'll we'll go further into um, low-tox and low-tox lifestyle in a minute. Sure. But there is a real sense of wanting to make a positive impact and help people with something that's possibly overlooked. But there's a real sense of wanting to give back, serve, and help people. Where does that come from in Renee's? Story and journey. Um, Was it role-modeled?
1: Oh, yeah. Look, my family, uh, like my mum, will lay down anything she's doing for anyone. Like, everybody always comes before her. So I suppose from that sense, yes, it has been modelled. But also, my journey has been quite a a rough one, uh, especially in most recent years from a health and wellness point of view. So I don't ever want anyone to go through that. And I see friends and even strangers that I meet struggling with their health and wellness. And I'm like, oh my God, can you listen to what you're saying? Like, Mm. you just need to tweak a few little things and we can sort this shit out. Like, um, I I don't want this for you. It doesn't have to be the norm. Like that constant fatigue, that overwhelming flight or fight um, going on. Because yeah. of you know constant stress going on in your life, that shit does not need to be living in our everyday lives.
0: Yeah, and you're very passionate about that. Yeah, about, the, yeah, it gets about in... caring for people.
1: Well, it just and I suppose there is a, an element of me that gets really kind of frustrated and sometimes angry, which is not very zen of me. Um, because we have you don't been... always
0: have to be zen. No, <laughs> no.
1: Well, the passion needs a little bit of fire under it, doesn't it? Mm. Um, because we've been absolutely brainwashed. Right. Like marketing and, you know, and even doctors, oh, look, you, you, you're feeling sad, let me give you a pill for that. Oh, you've got a cough, let me give you another pill for that. There's not, um, and then I always say to my clients, when you are trying to low-tox your life and make conscious decisions to change, forget the marketing on the front of the pack. That shit's there to sell to you yeah flip that bad boy over and look at the information on the back <laughs> <not bad> boy. <laughs> and actually look and see what is in there mm. because th- what's on the front that that's strategically there yeah so you pick that product rather than the one next to it yeah there a sense
0: of injustice about that
1: oh uh, yeah i feel a little bit like we're getting ripped off yeah like lied to uh, yeah just on some level yeah um And I suppose, like later in the chat, when I go into some of the toxins that we're exposing ourselves to on a daily basis, that's where it all kind of comes to a head. Mm. It's the the ingredients lists on things that have numbers, like foods that have numbers rather than actual foods. Mm. Flatters. Yeah. (laughs) Names. Names of actual foods that we Mm. should be eating and should be consuming. You know those numbers. Are often products or ingredients that are derived from potentially uh, synthetic man made compounds, petroleum in our food um, you know you name it like it just absolutely horrifies me, or they 're you know gmo derived, mm. and they 're not designed to be consumed mm. nor put on our skin i it's mean, a, a little fat that or a very little known fact, is um, products that come in contact with our skin, whether it be your laundry washing detergent that the residual is left in your clothing, Mm. your moisturizers, your cleansers, all that sort of thing. Some of the toxins from those products can be in your bloodstream within 26 seconds. So once it's in the bloodstream, where does it end up? It can end up in your brain. It can end up in your lymphatic system. It can end up in any part of your body.
0: Liver, kidneys, pancreas.
1: Yeah. So. And, you know, at least if you're consuming it in food, a toxin, you've got half a chance of your digestive system filtering it out through the liver and, and kidneys and so forth before it hits your bloodstream. Mm. Half chance. Yeah. But if it's straight through your skin into your bloodstream, it's just going to build up. And then they end up, those little toxins end up in your fat cells because that's the way's, the body's way of protecting your itself from those toxins Mm -hmm. so if you're trying to lose weight and you think you're doing everything right but you're exposing yourself to these environmental and daily toxins that you just incidentally there and you've never considered before your body's going to be holding on to those fat cells for dear life for fear of what it's going to do to the body when those toxins get released because the fat cell breaks down yes so if you've got a toxic system you'll never get to your ideal weight or you're going to have to struggle very, 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 very hard to do mm. so.
0: So at a summary level, explain what a low-tox lifestyle is.
1: Okay. So first I'll start with why low-tox and not no-tox. Yes. It's absolutely impossible for us to live a no-tox life. Tox meaning toxic. Toxin, yes. Yeah, toxin. So there is toxicity <clears throat> in, obviously... The air that we breathe, mm-hmm. um, bit vehicle emissions, um, emissions from factories, and all that sort of thing, and even in our homes, you know, the the furniture we buy, the flooring we have, the paint on our walls, mm-hmm. um, all that sort of thing, they're all emitting things that are referred to as volatile organic compounds or VOCs, and they are just inherently the gases which are often toxic, depending on what the product is. Um, that are, for the duration of the the life of that product, going to be getting emitted. emitted. And they will be in very high levels, like that new car smell. Mm. Everyone goes, oh, new car smell. I get in, I'm like, windows down, people, this is gross. (laughs) Because that is literally the toxic, um, you know, whatever they've used to prepare the leather so it's nice and supple for you to sit your cushy little butt on. Or... um, the plastics that are molded to produce the dash, they're all the synthetic man-made, often petroleum-derived gases mm. or products that have been created, and they're the gases that are being emit- emitted, and that's what you're breathing in. So we're never going to live a no-tox life. Um, so low-tox to me means just reducing where possible our exposure to what's around us. It's coming into winter here in Perth, so things are starting to cool down. Our windows are still all open, locked open about three to five centimetres, um, there's always fresh air coming into our home because the the air, at, in fact, outside mm-hmm. is often much, much healthier than the air in most homes yes. and office buildings because of those VOCs, especially if you've got your air conditioning cranking 24-7 or your windows and blinds drawn, no fresh air circulating. And no indoor plants. I mean, indoor plants are a simple um, way to improve the air quality in your home, Mm -hmm. in in an office building. So, um, and just reading labels, making sure you're aware of what you're putting on your skin, what you're putting in your mouth, um, even what, laundry detergents, cleaning products, the water you're drinking, there's little nasties lurking everywhere. Mm.
0: So toxins, I don't want to sound like a simpleton here, but toxins meaning things that are not beneficial
1: to our, to our body. To our body yeah. and our being. And what these what <clears> toxins... <throat> I mean, there are going to be chemicals. Everything's made up of chemical compounds. So saying to have a chemical-free life is not an accurate statement. It mm-hmm. is a toxin that is doing harm to our body. Right. Um, so to live... A low tox life, you were just reducing that toxic load that your body has to deal with on a daily basis. And what toxic um, or toxicity can do to the body is it can cause simple things like fatigue or brain fog, mm-hmm. or it could go as far as, in my case, I ended up with an autoimmune disease.
0: I was going to ask you. Yeah. You're obviously passionate about this, so there's obviously a story.
1: Yes. What's that? So in September uh, two thousand and seventeen, I went. I decided that I no longer wanted to have hormonal contraception in my life, and so I went to the doctor, got that sorted out. And come January two thousand and eighteen, I had gone from you know living that sort of. I'm pretty tired a lot of the time, but that's just life. We're busy. I'm a small business owner, la da 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 da, justifying it in my own mind mm. to January two thousand and eighteen, having like chronic fatigue, sixteen hours a night or day sleeping, waking up feeling absolutely rubbish walk on several occasions, walking into my office and having a full blown t- panic attack, which left me in the fetal position on the floor mm. because I'd walk in and be like, I don't even know my fucking name today, let alone what I'm supposed to be doing in here. Cause I was so exhausted, so fatigued, like chronic brain fog. I just had no, no way to function.
0: Right. How so, long did this go on for?
1: So thankfully my mum insisted on dragging me along to a doctor. I'd was feeling quite adamant about not seeing a doctor because i was Why? like because the doctor that i had gone to so i had the marina iud which is the iud that sits inside the uterus and it um, releases progesterone, a slow release tablet and i'd had that one or two back to back over a series of seven and a half years seven and a half years Prior to getting it removed, my GP was like, It's the best, it's the best thing I've ever done as far as contraceptive goes. Da 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 da, it's awesome. You'll never regret it. The day that I went to have it out, her exact words to me were, Yeah, they're not the best, are they? And I was like, Okay. So it was removed. I had the first sort of six to eight weeks. I was like, this is just my body because I hadn't. Yeah, readjusting because I hadn't had a period in seven and a half years because it stops you menstruating. That's the whole point of the progesterone tablet to reduce risk of infection and yada, yada, yada. So I, you know, fucked with my body's natural system and not let it do what it needed to do. And rather than the GP say to me, oh, look, here's a couple of, um, supplements that you might want to consider or go and see a naturopath or a herbalist or something can mm. help your body kickstart that balancing of hormones, because this is probably going to, um, take a little bit of adjusting. Um, she was just was like, you know, thanks. No worries. Catch you later. And so I was feeling a little bit gypped like you found out this information. You had sworn black and blue to me. That it was the best thing since sliced bread. When you recommended I go down that path. Mm. And then when I came to get it out, you were totally off it. I was like, okay, where's your duty of care? Yeah. yeah, fuck you. Like, this is my body. <laughs> this is my temple. If you feel that passionately about it, why didn't you go, like, just...
0: Ring up all the people. Ring
1: up everyone you'd recommended it to and say, look, there's some new information come about. Yeah. Just wanted to keep you abreast of it. So it's your decision Plus and you, no, you're yes. educated to make a decision as to what to do. Not to mention that a different doctor in that same surgery... 12 months prior, I had gone in because my regular GP wasn't there and um, said, oh, yeah, I think I want it out. And she's like, oh, are you married? I'm like, no. Nope. And she's like, are you are with a regular partner? I said, yes, yes, I am. And she's like, okay, what does he have to say about it? And I'm like, well, it's a decision for us to make, well, or even me to make. And she's like, well, I'm not going to do it until he's sitting here with you. And I was like, who the... F- fuck do you think you are this is my body it actually has nothing to do with him Mm. if he doesn't want to impregnate me he can wear a condom like yeah (laughs) we we're full-grown adults i'm not 18 yeah um how dare you so those two experiences yes right kind of was like well medical profession actually got me to where i am yeah why do I want to go and see a doctor? Right. So anyway. So your mum drags you along. Mum you. drags me along. I'm taking you. Nom, 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 I'm like, okay, whatever. I sit down in that surgery and say to the doctor, she's like, tell me what's going on. I said, well, I'm fucked in the head, so something's not right in my body. She looked at me. And unlike a lot of doctors out there, she was like, okay, great. Let's work with that. Let's have a conversation about that. She asked me four questions. No idea what they were. Can't remember. I know one of them was um, a, having like hot flushes or sweats or anything. And I was like, "Nah, nah. if anything, the complete opposite. Feel cold terribly, cold fingers and hands and toes. And so after those four questions, she's like, I'd put money on you having a thyroid issue. Sure enough, sent me off for the bloods, came back with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is autoimmune disease. Say that again,
0: sorry.
1: Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Right. Which is autoimmune of the thyroid.
0: Which means what exactly?
1: My body, in basic lay terms, my body decided it didn't need my thyroid anymore. So it was slowly breaking it down and stopping it from functioning. Right. Um, And just
0: for the listeners who don't know, what does the thyroid do?
1: Oh, it balances (laughs) hormones. It helps regulate body temperature. It does all sorts of things. It protects your body from um, bugs and... Illness and all sorts. Like your thyroid regulates lots and lots of different functions in the body. Important. Yeah, yeah. So um, your energy levels, that sort of thing. Hence my chronic fatigue Mm -hmm. style symptoms. So get the diagnosis back, and the doctor's like, "Here you go. Take these tablets. You'll need to take them for life." Mm. And I was like, "I'm not. I'm not prepared to do that." And she was like, "Oh." (laughs) <laughs> she rolled her eyes at me and she was like, oh trial. my God. And um, she's like, well, that they, and for anyone who might be vegan out there, I'm sorry if I offend, but these particular tablets that she prescribed to me, they weren't thyroxine or a synthetic uh, medical drug. Um, they are a, the thyroid hormone that's been extracted from the pig. Yeah. And she was like, okay, well, you can go and find a pig thyroid to eat a couple of meals a week if you want, you're not a vegan, you're not a vegetarian, whatever, suit yourself, but why would you make your life that difficult? And I went, oh, okay, whatever. So I walked away with my script, got it filled, started taking these tablets, and I was like, there actually has to be a better way. And in my GP's defense, she had recommended that I look up this... um, uh, pharmaceutical doctor in the US Mm -hmm. who calls herself the thyroid pharmacist, Mm -hmm. who also lives with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Um, And so after a few months, I was like, there has to be a better way. I don't want to be taking this tablet every morning and it's,
0: is it, sorry, is this a lifelong thing?
1: Well. You talk to most Western doctors, they say, yes, your thyroid's damaged, you'll never be able to repair it, you've just got to take this. Uh, You talk to some alternative um, people who work in the health and wellness and with different styles of holistic and alternative medicine, they have a different opinion. Right, okay. And so I was like, well, there are enough people out there, I'm Mm. finding enough literature and documentation online Mm. to convince me that there's a way to avoid having to be medicated for life. And the medication was a little bit inconvenient. You have to take it an hour before food every morning. So, you know, you've got to take it, wait an hour. Have breakfast. Have breakfast. Then you can't, like, there was all these supplements that she recommended to help support my body. Can't take those within three hours of the medication. So it was just one of those things that you're constantly... And plus dietary t- changes, off-gluten, off-dairy, off-soy. So it, my life was just overhauled mm. pretty much overnight, and it was really overwhelming and really th- those little steps of, oh, I, I can't eat yet because an hour's not gone, and I really want something to eat, but I can't because of this, that, and the other. Like, it yeah. just it just made life more difficult. Um, and so I went... Dairy and gluten-free in the February, well actually self-inflicted, well self-imposed I suppose in the January when I was feeling at my worst, I went off the booze, I wasn't eating any meat, my husband had come home, he'd be like, should we have burgers for dinner, baby? I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to vomit, no. Um, and I just didn't crave dairy and gluten, like bread, none of that. And I was like, you put a cheese platter <clears throat> in front of me and I was the one that never held back pre this but my body just started rejecting it all. And then when I saw the GP in the February, when I got diagnosed, she was like, look, you need to go off dairy and gluten. I'm like, well, I already have. So that's no big deal. Mm. But was always t-
0: already talking to you.
1: Yeah. My body was, and I was, when that happens, I think I've always been reasonably intuitive when it comes to my body. I've never really struggled much with my weight. Mm. Um, but I also was, especially in my early, well, throughout my teenage years and, At different stages through my 20s, I was that girl. Like I partied hard and played hard and ate anything in sight and I was fortunate enough to have the good genes where I didn't stack on the weight and I could just go for a run and every now and then and do a bit of exercise and I'd stay reasonably healthy looking. Mm. My body wasn't healthy (laughs) at all. Yeah. And that's quite evident in the fact that when I ended up with toxic overloading my liver because my body was oestrogen dominant because my body didn't start kicking in and producing the progesterone for itself again like my gut health was bad I obviously had the Mm. Hashimoto's gene you don't get it if you don't have the gene but um, your gut health is a huge factor with Hashimoto's so even if I had the perfect diet I probably wouldn't have gotten sick right yeah, they call it the three-legged stool of Hashimoto's. You have to have the gene. You've got an internal trigger, which is often gut health, and then an external trigger. So the, the external trigger for me was the contraceptive that I was right. had put in my body. So, yeah, with those three things, perfect storm. Um, and since then, I you know, did some um, work with the thyroid pharmacist out of the U.S., um, and discovered that soy was equally, if not even more, um, probably a trigger for me, given the hormonal imbalance in my body. And soy can really mess with your hormones, especially as a female. Never forget the day. It was about August that this happened. So I'd been dairy and gluten free since the f- January. In the August, I was oh, better check the bread, gluten free bread I've been buying. And so the particular supermarket i was in that day there was not a single gluten-free bread loaf bread roll flatbread wrap
0: nothing
1: that didn't have soy flour in it and i was on my way home from pilates in the morning all i wanted for breakfast that morning was mushroom and eggs on toast there was no toast at home there was also no mushrooms and eggs but i got none of the things on my shopping list because i just Mm. had this absolute moment of, Oh my God, I've only just adjusted to buying gluten free and having like my husband still eats normal bread and Mm. normal cheeses and all the rest of it. Like I've only just adjusted to this. What the fuck am I going to eat now? (laughs) Yeah. And I just turned around and walked out, sat in my car and I was just like, this is all just, this is bullshit. So that got me walking down that path or diving into the rabbit hole probably more accurately of Mm. rather than just looking at the nutritional panel on foods, which I'd been relatively good at over the years, to starting to look at the actual individual ingredients. Wowzers, that's Pandora's box. Mm. There's not many things that are in a box, tin, package, and in some sort of processed form in the supermarket that don't include soy something or other in them. So, like I can drink, I can eat dark chocolate if it's 70% cocoa and higher because it doesn't have any dairy in it. But as soon as they put a flavouring in it, mint, orange, raspberry chips, whatever, they add a soy by product. Hmm. So I was like buying these chocolate bars thinking they were fine. One day I'm like, yeah, I probably haven't checked those since I went soy free. I was like, no, not another one. You fucked it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So now we make our own chocolate. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: So you started to become more aware of what's on the ingredients Mm. panel. Did this help you start to feel better
1: oh absolutely so I'm now off all medication right um have been for several a couple of months now and feeling better still have some tired days Mm. um a good one for me which I've discovered in recent times for knowing if maybe something's awry in my diet or I'm not quite um paying enough attention or maybe there's a few too many wines every week the first thing that goes for me is my libido right yeah so when that's
0: hubby so doesn't get attention yeah
1: and then and how that's, it that's uh,
0: a pretty cool indicator for him isn't it yeah and how it
1: kind of became <laughs> apparent to me yeah was as soon as my libido would start dropping we'd be at the supermarket and be like are you sure you can have that babe oh i'm not drinking tonight and he would change his behaviour hmm. because he could see that something was affecting me. Hmm. And he obviously wanted some. <laughs> but, you know, like I can see when I'm not giving him what he needs, he starts looking at me and going, Well, what's full? Where is, where is she falling short in looking after herself properly?
0: Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And he's got a feedback loop
1: oh absolutely and you know at first like the number of times we've been in the supermarket over this sort of now 15 16 month journey Mm. and he's like and i've picked something off the shelf and just put it as a natural reaction that we've always bought it never Mm. thought second about it or thought twice about it he's like babe have we bought that since you've been like are you sure you can have that in a couple of days, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's got my best interest at heart. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's been, mm. it's been great for us because it's, it's shown me how lucky I am and how grateful I should be to have such a supportive, um, partner in life for sure.
0: And then I understand that it then progressed from food to what you put on your skin.
1: Well, no, actually, interestingly all right, all right. enough,
0: it my Is that all at the same time then?
1: No. That like I've I've actually had a secondary business for about three and a half years called Intentio Nurture, which is an all natural handmade skincare range that I've been making myself. Mm. Um and even like interestingly enough, I've on some level been conscious of toxins mm. in the world and in my life and the earliest recollection I have of that is at age 12 when I was at school and I did a lot of outdoor sports swimming that sort of thing as a kid a lot of time in the ocean a lot of time in the sun so I had this natural blonde bombshell hair and I was at school and a couple of the girls started tugging on my hair going, who does your foils? And I was like, what on earth are you talking about? What are foils? And they're like, your hair, who, who's your hairdresser? I'm like, I have no idea. Like, my hairdresser's just one that I've been to for years. Well, your hair's amazing. And I got home that night and I was like, mum, what, what is this conversation that happened? I have no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. They're talking about foils in my hair. What what does that even mean? And she was like, oh, that's when they put a dye in your hair and give it streaks and da-da-da. And I was like... And obviously it wasn't this exact thought process as a 12-year-old because I probably didn't have the vocabulary. But I think back now and I'm like, what the fuck? How is it that 12-year-olds even know
0: hmm.
1: about bleaching, dyeing, doing their hair? Like it just... <sighs> a 12 year old shouldn't be exposed to those chemicals No. and at the time I remember thinking that's weird why would you want to do that to your hair
0: Mm.
1: and then in my mid 20s when I bought my first home the first appliance I bought for myself was a coffee machine the second kitchen product I bought was a water filter because I didn't want the chlorine and fluoride and all the additives Mm. to our water to fuck up my coffee machine. Didn't at one stage think of how those might impact Same my... shit we go on. Yeah, the like it's going in my body, mm. you know. Didn't, didn't for a second think...
0: That'll fix this up, but the coffee machine. I know, That'll the coffee
1: machine is material object that can be replaced. This temple can't be <laughs> as easily. Um, and I, I look back now, doing what I'm doing, mm. and it's a full face palm moment. I think, oh, what a dick. Like, how... How is it we've been programmed to care more about a coffee machine than we have our own bodies? Exactly. Like it just blows my mind and it gets me really riled up equally. Um, probably three or four years after that was working in the commercial and designer furniture industry as a sales and marketing rep. And, um, that was right at the beginning of the, the sustainability boom in, in the building industry and yeah. sustainable building and environmental this, that, and the other. And it was just everywhere. You know, that's where I learned about VOCs in, that get emitted from your furniture and yes. all that sort of thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but the cleaning products that I use are washing into the waterways and fucking up our oceans. Once again, no consideration for what these cleaning products were doing to me in my home.
0: Yes. Fucking up the oceans. I
1: was more worried about the fishies, which is, you know, a noble and whatever plight, but I had no consideration for my own health and wellness at that point. So I went through, did a clean sweep, pardon the pun, of the house and got rid of all the, the crappy toxic cleaning products and then in about 2012 i was reading a an article online called the dirty dozen of the skincare and cosmetics industries right and just to clarify there's actually in australia about 2000 potentially toxic additives that can be added to our skincare cosmetics makeup but and this article was just on 12 lawfully lawfully of they of often have like safe use volumes and things Mm. like that but say well an interesting statistic the average australian woman is exposed to 168 toxins before she even leaves the home every morning yeah right so say if you in your beauty routine as a female you wash your face you use a toner you use a um, moisturizer you then put on a foundation and a body lotion and you might have some nail polish on and blah 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 you've got some hair products that you've used if a an ingredient that has a toxic volume safe toxic or safe volume usage level um and it's maxed out in three of your products you're 3x to the safe level
0: hmm. cumulatively
1: yeah so, and some of them do accumulate in the body. The body struggles to break them down and mm. remove them. So, the longer you're using them, the worse the effects get. Yeah. So, back in 2012, when I read this article, I dove headfirst into my bathroom cabinet, pulled everything out, and was horrified to find that pretty much every single product had between one and three of those ingredients in them. Mm. So it would have cost me a fortune to trash all of those and replace them so just slowly over time i started replacing bits and pieces yeah yeah. um and then one year at christmas time actually a, a girlfriend of mine comes to me and says uh how about we make body butter as a little Christmas favour for family and friends this year. I was like, oh, that sounds like fucking hard work. No. just like...
0: <laughs> that sounds like fucking hard work. Man. I love the honesty. <laughs>
1: like, like, no. She's like, oh, come on, it'll be fun. We'll have wine. It'll be fun day, girls' day. am <clears throat> like, okay, you had me at wine. No problems. So we had this beautiful day together, and we made this body butter. And it was ridiculously easy. And mm. the outcome was beautiful. So from there, I started researching other recipes online and what my husband now refers to as getting my witch on and trying different things at home in the kitchen started gifting because you know you can't make just a small batch that only Mm. works for me so started gifting all of this product to family and friends and then about three and a half years ago then someone
0: in there says You should sell this.
1: Lots of people were saying it to me, Bryn, but I was like, don't be ridiculous. It's not good enough. No, Uh, no. You know, that typical fear of failure and that self-criticism and all of that that comes with hmm. life. Um, And then a couple of girlfriends were running a market in Scarborough and they're like, well, we've got a store for you. Come down. Hmm. I was like, no, no, no. Anyway, they're like, well, it's booked, so just rock up on the day. I was like, okay, um, shit. I don't even know what the labelling laws are, <laughs> what, what I have to do to register as a business, panic. <laughs> mm. But then I did, you know, obviously investigate the labelling laws. And as much as I say read the labels, the regulations in Australia, if there's less than 1% of a particular ingredient in your product, doesn't need to be stated on the label,
0: right?
1: So if there's ten toxic products at less than one percent, ten percent of your products, bullshit. But you don't know. So it's um.
0: You just don't know that, do
1: you? No, you just don't know.
0: Wow, I did not know that.
1: No, and that's quite horrifying. I mean, about twelve hundred of the products are still <clears> in use. Or ingredients that are still in use in australia have been banned in the eu and many of them also in canada so hopefully in time things improve i mean there is i mean especially with skincare, it's not dissimilar to food you've got to be careful you know because a product can go off mm. people often don't think about it i mean i i remember as a maybe a late teenager early 20 something i kept giving myself conjunctivitis because i didn't even think that the eye makeup that i was using Past had become contaminated because i'd used it once maybe when i had conjunctivitis but then yeah. and because i don't wear makeup every day yeah i might then use it again re-dosing. yeah I might use it again in 3 weeks time or mm. a month's <clears> time and bam the conjunctivitis comes back so And that that would have been, back then, in a product that had preservatives in it. (coughs) So, I mean, you do need to be careful with your natural skincare products because they do need to be stable and they need to be, you know, quite well labelled with, you know, use within X period of time Mm. and store it below X temperature and all the rest of it. And, you know, a lot of women don't even consider that every time they touch the opening of the bottle or whatever, they're contaminating it with germs. Mm. So, I mean, even highly toxic skincare products have a shelf life.
0: So when did you get to the point of, right, I want to go out and, and create the low-tox lifestyle over So... In? Because you're now delivering workshops and things?
1: Yes. Um,
0: so this is another business, in effect.
1: Yeah, yeah. That so it's
0: alongside the beauty care products.
1: That's correct. So I... Since starting the skincare business, I have done like DIY workshops to teach women how to make, you know, say a simple face mask, often with ingredients that they probably have already in their kitchen Mm. cupboard, pantry, um, fridge, really, really simple, really, really cost effective, Um, you know, body scrubs, that sort of thing, really basic products where you go down to the pharmacy or the, the beautician and to buy a similar product or like a similar size product it might cost you forty dollars hmm. but you can make it for eighty cents at home. Yeah. So um I've been running workshops like that since the inception of Intentio Nurture three and a half years ago. Um and then towards the the latter part of last year I was like, there's actually more to this. Like the deeper down the rabbit hole I got, I was like, this it's not just people here. Need to know. Yeah, people need to know. Like yeah. it's not okay. Um, and I think I said to you when we spoke on the phone some weeks back that I'd just done a, a work or a presentation that morning where I had opened, it was a room full of women, and I'd opened with, how many of you have children? And, you know, 70% of them open, mm. put their hand up. Okay, uh, do they all love Vegemite? Yep, yep, they all love Vegemite. Um, how old would they have been when you first served them Vegemite? Oh, you know, 10, 12 months old. I'm like, mm. They're all looking at me with anticipation. Yeah, here it comes. <laughs> what the is she gonna say? I'm like, we do, <clears throat> you do realise that there's an ingredient in Vegemite? It's a number, 150C. That is banned for the inclusion in food for infants. It is prohibited in food for infants. Mm. And they've all looked at me, and you could see this like flood of guilt wash across every single one of their faces, and they're like. And they're like, how is that possible? I'm like, well, hashtag loophole. They're not marketing it at infants. They're marketing it at young children, yes, mm. which is not that much better, in my opinion. Mm. But they're not specifically saying, this is a food you should introduce to your 10-month-old baby.
0: Because that, that's not a good story. No. Mm.
1: So... Um, Yeah. And I, I just think, and I only discovered that myself because obviously I haven't had Vegemite since going off gluten because it's full of gluten. And when the gluten-free Vegemite got released about eight, nine weeks ago, I was like, yes, I'm going to have some Vegemite. Picked it up off the shelf, looked at it and went, fuck that, put it back on the shelf and walked Mm. out. Why? Why? If it's a food that's prohibited from being included in foods Mm. for infants. It's clearly not good for anyone.
0: Mm. How'd you learn this stuff?
1: Oh, lots of research, lots and lots of research. Um, There's an amazing app that I use almost daily called Chemical Maze. It costs about, I can never remember. It's 11 or $13 or something, Mm. but it lists most of, not every single ingredient, but most ingredients that are in foods as well as cosmetics and some cleaning products. But where you fall down with cleaning products is there's no regulation around including the ingredients on the labels. Right. So you could be buying anything. Greenwash label.
0: Looking nice. Looking
1: actually. pretty saying eco this. Mm. But they don't have to state what ingredients they're using. Right. So you don't actually really know. Mm. So
0: with the <clears throat> the workshops that you do. Mm-hmm. Um what is what is the impact that you're trying to have and how do you go about this? Because you could easily, like you just said with the Vegemite story, you could easily go down the path of scaring the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, just as soon as you, like you say, open the lid of Pandora's box, it can get really fucking sketchy really quickly. Right, yeah. Um, as you've illustrated in, in the short time I've been talking so far, um... Which in and of itself could then make people go, oh, I don't, want to, I don't want to turn that rock over. I'll just leave it where it is and then carry on. So what's the message? What do you try and achieve in the workshops? And do you work with people one-to-one as yeah. well? I
1: do work with, work with people one-to-one um, <clears throat> as well as in the workshops. Yeah. In the workshops. What
0: are you trying to? What's the approach? How do you draw them in? Because surely you want people to get... Well, I'm answering the question now. I'll let you do it.
1: No, that's all right. Um. So in the workshops, like I often start with a like a, a statement that arouses that
0: so you um, trigger people
1: that that emotional holy shit. Yeah. So is they're then engaged, and yeah. then you have them hook, line, and sinker kind of thing. Like they they want to then hear what you have to say. say yeah. Um.
0: You trigger them up to start with. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. And. Uh, That was the first, that presentation that I tell you about, um, that was the first time I'd used the Vegemite story because it was quite a new one for me and I was Mm. still so horrified by it myself. Like, I don't know anyone that I grew up with or that now has children that hasn't fed them Vegemite. Yeah, yeah. As a young kid. Um,
0: I think the day you told me that story on the phone when we were just talking about coming on the podcast, I'd, I'd done the same thing.
1: yeah. Yeah, and a girlfriend of mine, who I have since told, she's like, oh, shit, well, I can't put peanut butter in the school sandwiches, and my daughter only eats either Vegemite or um, Pologna sandwiches or some kind of cured meat. She's like, oh, man, like, what am I going to send to school for her? Like, it's... And then, then begs the question, that led to the conversation between her and I of... Well, have things like these additives in our foods cause the the allergies <clears throat> mm. and that increase in allergy rates because of the problems that it's causing within the body and the immune system and the gut, health and all of that sort of thing, that they're not actually able to process things like peanuts and dairy and... It
0: intuitively makes sense, doesn't it?
1: Like, it, it gets you thinking, doesn't it?
0: Mm.
1: And so yeah, her and I then had that conversation. She was like, oh, okay... Whatever, <laughs> gonna to have to start trying on some new foods and see if we can get a liking something different. Mm. Because then you go down the other Pandora's or rabbit hole of where you go your jams and all of those, and they're so full of processed sugar that it's not good for a child in a learning environment to have a sugar-filled lunch to then have the, the you know the mid-afternoon crash. Mm. So yeah, and um, so I suppose ultimately when I'm working with people in a workshop or one-on-one is Try Especially one-on-one, it's trying to find out where they're at in their health and wellness journey um, and trying to kind of educate them that, that, uh, that, that working daily in fatigue or brain fog and the basic, you know, hormone swings during menstrual cycles and that sort of thing that's actually not normal. Mm. It, it doesn't have to be your normal. Yeah. Um, It's not
0: just like life is.
1: No. And you don't have to have that bantering conversation each month as that cycle runs around with the husband or the significant other or the whatever that it's kind of that put down of women because we do get emotional. It's like that's actually, Mm. that doesn't have to be your normal. Yes, you're allowed to feel emotions. and Yes, you're allowed to be passionate Mm. about things that it doesn't have to rule your life Mm. um and even things like like a lot of those um dirty dozen that i referred to earlier a lot of them are cancer causing Mm. so the illness and the dis-ease within our society where does that come from and then that band-aid of let me just give you a pill To overcome that, but then that causes... symptoms. Yeah, it's band-aiding a symptom rather than finding the root cause and changing permanently Mm. and improving things permanently. So it's that kind of conversation that I have with people around, well, what is it in your life that if you could change, you would? Mm. And then they kind of go, oh, you know, I'm sick of feeling tired or snapping at the kids or the kids having those highs and lows or... Because it not only affects you, but if the foods are then you. penetrating, mm. well, foods, the chemicals in your skincare, like what you're using in the bath time with the kids, you're washing detergent. So is it a
0: matter of just making a few small changes, seeing the results and let that pull you?
1: Yeah. I, that's what I believe. Rather 100%. than
0: you need to go to your pantry and fuck everything off. You didn't need to go into your laundry cupboard, fuck everything off. And
1: it's not practical. Yeah. And as I said earlier with that soy scenario with the bread, mm. like I'd overhauled my life already and I was like, this overwhelm was just too much. And I was like, fuck, what? Not mm. again. Yeah. So I I um, I was actually talking to a beautiful girlfriend of mine last night who is under a lot of pressure at work and I'm like, babe, for the next week, make sure you're drinking two liters of water a day. Good, clean, quality water. Yeah. Next week we'll have another chat.
0: Yeah, still something simple.
1: Yeah, and and then.
0: And what does good, clean, quality water look like? Oh, look. Not out the tap.
1: Not out the tap, no. So, I did a lot of research on um, tap water in Perth specifically I recently. Like I'm
0: to this great Wikipedia encyclopedia <laughs> room. I'm going to be oh. ringing you up.
1: I look, and, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm, I'm terrible. Like I never, I can't pronounce any of the chemical names. Like yeah, my yeah, pronunciation yeah. is shit, and mm. I get caught up in the deep. Like I get tripped up in the detail and like the words mm. and stuff. But like I know that our water is full of chlorine. It's full of fluoride. It's full of. Um, I mean, there's countries around the world that have banned fluoride from their mm. even their toothpastes, let alone their waters. And mm-hmm. we've still got it in everything. Oh yeah. Um, and then there's you know, new research coming out that there's also hormones in our water because, and this is going to increase because they're moving more and more, especially here in WA, to recycled water. So all of the women out there on hormonal contraceptive are weighing some of that out. Oh. And then it's going through the system, getting recycled, putting into... Groundwater reservoirs to sit there for another ten years before they start tapping into that, but there is scientific evidence that shows that the hormones are not being, like, removed by removed, yeah. by any part of that process. Not even being in the ground, mm. because there is a certain part of being in the ground for that period of time that helps to filter the water as well. Only for them to then put it back into the system with chlorine and fluoride and blah blah blah.
0: I don't get that. There we I
1: know, right? Mind blown. Um, So look, the best kind of water system that you can use, the two best available are um, like a reverse osmosis water filter that you can just add to your kitchen sink tap. You can get a water filter put on your home so that all the water coming into your home is cleaned as well. Um, And, you know, for those who are suffering from eczemas and dermatitis and skin irritation and that sort of thing, that's a really good place to start. Mm. Um, and then the second really good way of cleaning your water is a distiller. The problem with most of the distillers on the market is you can only do four liters at a time and then you do need to reactivate the water. Um,
0: what does it reactivate?
1: So you can do that quite simply by just putting it in the sunshine mm. or you can add some minerals to it, you know, some good quality sea salt, that sort of thing, just so it's not dead water. Yes because by doing that heat process, the distilling it, Mm. it's basically killing everything in it, removing everything, and then you've got to reactivate it. Mm. Um, so they're the two best options as far as healthy drinking water goes. A lot of your Brita, um, just jugs and things like that don't remove much at all. Yeah. Um, they remove the chlorine taste, which I suppose is a benefit. But (laughs) don't necessarily remove everything else. And there, a lot of research shows that here in WA, for example, there's been traces of arsenic and all sorts of things in the water. So, why you want to put that in your body is beyond me.
0: So, without going all the way down there, how far down the rabbit hole can you go once you get into world of toxins? Because we've done food, we've done products. Right, and products, yeah. <clears throat> you know, um, I flipped through one of Dave Asbury's books. Mm-hmm. We could talk about light, junk light, we could talk about Wi Fi. I was coming to that, um, mold and toxins in your coffee, uh huh. We can talk about radio waves uh-huh. and Wi Fi. Uh-huh. We can talk about the incessant droning of sound that we have around us. We can talk about light pollution, not just the junk light that we get because everyone seems to be moving to LEDs, yeah. which is just an mm. assault. Um, how far down the rabbit hole can we go?
1: I always and say, how
0: do you stop yourself from freaking out?
1: Okay, so <laughs> it's my journey. Yes. And that's what I... Like, that's how I... That's why I'm asking you. Yeah, yeah, so it, it's my journey. So my husband, last week when he was home, he works FIFO. He's like, I want a fucking meat pie. I'm like, okay, we'll go to the shops and we'll get you a meat pie. And, like, I can't eat it because of the gluten, all mm. the rest of it. And... 12 months ago, I probably would have sat there begrudgingly going, I wanted a bloody pasty and that smells so bloody good. And yeah. No, 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 no. You won't care. Well, Yeah. Well, how dare yeah. you in my face. Yeah. And in fact, we did have one massive blow up after one of my besties' um, birthday in December last year. We got home. We'd had a beautiful day. I'd had a few too many wines because it is all about balance. Like I am not yeah. pure and low-tox or no-tox all of the time. Yeah. It is all about balance. It's all about swings and roundabouts and not stressing yourself out because stress Mm. is also a toxin Mm -hmm. to the body. And Mm -hmm. that particular day after my besties birthday on the way home, because my husband drove, because he's a legend. um, He picked up a take, like a pre-made pizza from our local supermarket and it smelt in my drunken haze. Oh, amazing. And normally I would just make a pizza of my own, on a gluten free wrap and da da da, but we didn't have any of the ingredients in the house to do that. And mm. I didn't want to get out of the car at the supermarket to sort my own shit. So I'm sitting there, I'd lost my trolley. Mm. And um, what that made me realise oh, is it, it is my journey. Mm. And he is amazing, yet supporting me on my journey.
0: Mm.
1: But everybody, like, I, I can teach people, I can educate people, but they need to be ready to to change. They And they also need to, I suppose I need to get good enough at explaining how the benefits can far outweigh the inconvenience mm. to convince people that there is a better way. And equally, you know, my husband flies out for work on Tuesday morning, I get home from the airport, Wi-Fi in the house goes off, and I don't turn it on until I need to hook into my computer. Yes. But when he's home, I wouldn't even have that battle, that's just not worth it. Mm. Like to tell him every time he hooks off the PlayStation or turns off Netflix or whatever, that battle's just not worth it. Mm. Because there is so much other toxic shit that would end up in my heart and in my head If we were fighting over those things all the time. Yes. So it's just working out where you want to fight and at what cost your health and wellness is to you. So, and equally, I've got friends that, you know, they're constantly sick or they're constantly tired and, you know, I might...
0: It's difficult, isn't it? Because you see things, Mm. you know, you go you can invest time in something <clears throat> I've started to do it a lot particularly since I started the podcast mm-hmm. where I listen to guests and I go I want some of that Yeah. so I start making small little changes here and here and here and they become incremental changes and then <clears throat> some of those I, I, I go further down if I have it, well, I mean, listeners to this will know that you know I, I, I spend a lot of time going to movement classes which is just focused on improving the quality of the movement of my body yep yeah. And how it moves. And then from that, I start looking at people and they go, oh, yeah, I've got a bad back. And I was like, yeah, of course you have. What are you doing? You look look a... how your body's structured and structured, which is a product of all the movement that... or lack thereof yeah, or repetitive that you've done. And, mm-hmm. and you just go, oh, if you could just come and do this, then it'll all be... But yeah. it's their journey and it's... it's but have got to get it's there. It's Yeah.
1: And I think we're so conditioned as i mentioned earlier like that we're marketed to and we are you know the doctors just give us a band-aid solution we are mm. so conditioned and we trust the doctors yeah um, <clears throat> that, that there's always going to be an element of dis-ease in our life yeah be it the disease of movement the disease of gut health the disease of constant headaches the dis-ease of constant skin rash mm. like that is Disease in the body yes that's where the word disease comes from yes yes so you break it down in mm. real basic terms like that and you go well i've got the power over this mm. why wouldn't i take that and run with it and make my life awesome
0: that and that that was always, always like the penny dropping for me as as you were saying it. it's it's yeah just retaining some control mm. um over my life there's been lots of little bits where all of a sudden like, oh I'll just tinker with that and then you realise and it opens up similar Pandora stuff water was one for me yeah um and yeah all of a sudden you do it and you feel better and you're like oh I've taken some control <laughs> And then you realize, oh, I've been asleep on this one.
1: And I think it is a big mind shift as well. Like, you talk about people and movement. So many of us exercise because we hate our bodies. Mm. You know, women especially. I want to be skinnier. I want to be, I I want to look good in my bikini. I want to, and it's flipping that story in your mind and going, I love my body, so therefore I'm going to move it. I Mm. love my body, so therefore I'm going to nourish it. And, What has made that decision and that Mm. that trigger really easy for me to maintain is I was feeling so fucking rubbish. Mm. Like, I don't ever want to be the girl that was having those panic attacks. Like Some of those panic attacks ended in me laying on the floor, thinking to myself, I don't want to fight anymore. I'm done. This is fucked. I'm done. It's pretty serious. And that was really scary Mm. because I'm not that person. Like, I'm the party girl. I'm the one that wants to be zipping around. You know, social calendar was always full, dinners out, catching up with girlfriends for walks. I was that girl. And for this very brief period in time, I was so far removed from that person. Mm. It was horrifying and absolutely terrifying. And so when people go, oh, come on, just just don't worry about it like it's just or they make judgment on my food choices or things like that I'm like it's not worth it I don't ever ever want to be that girl again yes so
0: again uh, it's like the, the the human experience isn't it that you've got to go to the shitty place yeah to balance her which is
1: so sad it is and it it really <clears throat> is so sad that we we can't manage to get over that. Like as a, as a society, it's such a common story to hear I've come from this shitty place, but now things are awesome. Yeah. And why can't we be conditioned from little to always expect awesome and make choices. Um, I've got another dear girlfriend who has now adult children who the betterment. Yeah. And I like, she raised her, um, her kids pretty much solo and um so she's a few years older than me and in fact I think I'm closer in age to her children than I am to her and we've had lots of chats over the years um some about my evolution as a human and who I was when we met versus who I am today but many about parenting even though I'm not a parent myself and I've always been in awe of her parenting style because she raised her her children to, well, there's a consequence to that action. You say something hurtful, this is the outcome. You do something dumb, there is a consequence to that action. And she's raised two beautiful, really well-balanced human beings who are now parents of their own. And that gives me so much faith in society when there are so many other... Parents out there that are just, oh, aren't you a pretty little thing? Rather than, you can be anything you want to be. Or don't you like they don't kind of get that? There doesn't need to be that catastrophe to get the awesome. Like mm. you should strive for awesome every day. Your body is an important, like beast of a thing. But if You let it run down. Like, what's the lowest to let your battery on your mobile phone run down to? (laughs) Before you panic because there's no power cord in sight. Like,
0: Mm.
1: fucking wake up, people. Yeah. You're letting that happen to your body every single fucking day because you're not feeding it the right foods. You're not giving it the best opportunity to fight disease because you're filling it with toxins. Mm. Like, it's going to look at those toxins first before it looks at the cancer. Or the gut health issues, or Mm. the brain fog, or... So if you're not going to let your mobile phone battery run down, why do you let your own personal energy levels run down without recharging appropriately?
0: You could very easily, once you start looking at things like the labelling, less than 1%, you don't have to... Uh. Do do it. Do it. Um, misleading marketing and sales, and this—you could very easily get to a very conspiratorial place with this. Yes. Like <laughs> this is being done on purpose, or it could be just, you know, who's steering the shit? Is it is it the fox running the, the chicken coop? Or mm. this? Where where do you get to with this? So would you oscillate between?
1: I will put it this way I very much pick my audience and who I have certain conversations with mm. because I I'm not confrontational at all mm. so I'm not going to jump down that rabbit hole with anyone just anyone because it's not worth the drama once again um you know if if people don't want to hear it that's their journey um I suppose where I sit on that pendulum is, well, I'm in control of what I let happen to me. And Mm. you know, we've talked foods, and all we've talked is labelling and processed foods. We haven't even talked about organic food, growing, and like I mean, we could be here for hours and hours and hours. Mm. So I and. You know, to that end, with foods like it is freaking expensive sometimes to eat purely just organic fruit and vegetables. Mm. So, you know, I choose, I pick and choose. Like my thick-skinned fruits and vegetables, not always organic, because there's less chance of the, the toxins penetrating that thick skin mm. into the flesh that I'm going to eat. But my soft-skinned, very thin-skinned fruits and vegetables. If organic is available, I'll go for that, or spray free, I'll go for that over just regular, everyday, how to father kind of produce. Mm. Um, so it's just, as I say, it's pick your battles and just, you make those changes that work for you, mm. rather than, oh, I need to do this because somebody told me to, or because that's what's expected of me. Mm. You know, it's your journey make hmm. it one that works for your life your lifestyle your family so I kind of I, yeah I don't know if I've answered the question but I kind you of you haven't touched that. yeah <laughs> I I think, think, so it's
0: you know do you think it's being done by design <laughs> or do you just think it's just out of control I
1: there is a A part of me that thinks that there is some conspiracy around the pharmaceutical industry and if we keep them sick, we keep making billions of dollars. Yes, there is a part of me that feels like that. But then there is also a huge part of my heart. I'd I'd like to see the best in people. So there is a huge part of my heart that desperately hopes that that theory is wrong.
0: Mm.
1: I'm not convinced it is. But I still hang on to that hope that maybe it's just we've gotten too caught up in the industrial revolution that we, mm. that technology and change and consumerism and all the bright lights and the bling and, and all of that is, is just too exciting and we can't mm. see past it. Mm. Because really all of this sort of thing, the, the toxins in our environment went through the roof with the industrial revolution. That's when illness and disease increased. That's when, you know, and that's when the big farmers started to become big farmers, as in the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. So, and a part of me do does believe that we are so caught up in the bling of life and having the next best phone and wearing Kylie Jenner's newest outfit and, all of that sort of thing mm. that we forget just basic life and having that, that peace in just being rather than having.
0: Mm. There is a perfect sort of store in it, whether it's been done by design or <clears throat> design or not of, um, capitalism, marketing, sales, coupled with lazy, shitty behaviors. And, you can have it all for mm. no cost
1: mm. and often that come together and often the beautify. cheaper the cheaper things are the worse they are for you In general yeah hmm yeah just look at fast food
0: so tell me there must have been quite an identity shift for you
1: yeah
0: you Know you've used you described yourself. Some of the words I've heard is, um, I was once a party girl. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, don't get me wrong, I still love a glass of wine, yeah,
0: that's, that's <laughs> shone through as well. Um, you know, you where you were in terms of the whole, and then where you are now, mm. that's you know, the low tox lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about the identity shift and the journey there.
1: So. It's been a long journey. Like the biggest changes in the evolution have happened in the last sort of 18 months, definitely. Um, And they are more emotional changes, I would say. Like they are, I'm okay with who I am and I don't need validation from anyone else. I don't need you to approve of my lifestyle choices. I don't need... Mm
0: i'm making them for
1: me me it's my journey it's my life whatever you do your thing i'll do mine and equally i don't have judgment on people who choose a different path to me because their evolution and their journey is exactly that so you know i referred to that girlfriend that i met years ago and her two children who she raised beautifully and the conversations we've had around who i was when we met so we met through a project that I was working with her on. She was the project manager and I was the furniture supplier for a big um, office fit-out in Subiaco, uh, probably about 10 years ago now. And um, back in those days, I did have the fancy shoes, the fancy car, the fancy um, outfits. I groomed myself... Immaculately every day, and I attended the venues to be seen and the places about town, and that was me. And over that time, I since we met, I've changed industries altogether, obviously, um, and I don't like I don't regret any of that journey like I was in furniture for nearly 15 years and I don't regret any of that journey that's what took me to um, New Zealand so I, you know, had the opportunity to go over there and learn an absolute bomb about myself because, you know, when I moved up north I was moving with a boyfriend so it was a different, very different experience to going to New Zealand on my very own Um, so I don't regret any of it But I look back and I think, wow, like I was just an insecure little girl trying to find my place in the world. Right. You know, people would say to me, oh my God, why are you going to New Zealand? They're all coming here. And I'm like, well, if it doesn't work out, I can come home, right? I've learned that being on my own in another country is not for me. I haven't lost anything. I've learned something. Um, And I think part of the motivating driver for that decision to move to New Zealand was I was trying to prove something to myself, that I am successful and I can achieve things, and Mm. rather than I'm okay just being me. And now I am okay just being me. So, yeah, I it's been interesting and there, I don't think I've changed that much but I have changed a lot all at the same time
0: mm.
1: I think I'm more accepting of who I am and the path that I've chosen I always kind of felt in that corporate environment that I was having to prove myself which you do when you're in sales you do have to prove yourself month in, month out you need to be hitting those targets you do and um, yeah but I, And I loved the job for many of those 15-ish years. But then I also grew very weary of it in the end as well. Mm. So, yeah. It's much better being where I am now, that's for sure.
0: Yes. It strikes me almost, listening to you, that your body sort of cried out to bring you back to where you should be.
1: Yeah. And to get away from... Which is um, cool. Yeah. And I, to... To... Try, like... I'm nowhere near as materialistic as I used to be. Like I, I did used to want to be seen at the right places and have the right outfits and all of that sort of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when I look back now, it was because I wanted to fit in. I, did, I hadn't found my place yet. Mm. And it was my self-esteem and my ego making those choices rather than me going, well, I'm actually just quite comfy being on the couch. In my dressing gown and mm. a nice glass of wine. I don't need to be at Crown or, you know, wherever. Mm. And on Instagram, showing everyone that it's happening.
0: <laughs> because if it's not on Instagram, it hasn't happened. Well, exactly, right? <laughs> Indeed.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you look back on like, my social media history... There were there were many years in the very you know early stages of social media where it was regular posting. This is where I'm at. This is who, what I'm doing. This is who I'm hanging out with. Mm. And now, I hardly ever post on my personal social media because I'm focusing on my businesses. And that you know I'm really only on social media because my businesses have to be have to be yes. on social media. Yeah, marketing. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting journey.
0: So what so someone listening to this, what's some of the two three to four, five things they can do immediately? If they think, Right
1: Download chemical maze. Right. So as you've got right. it in your pocket. That's an app, app. yeah. Does it do read barcodes or something? No, so basically if you're in a supermarket or a pharmacy or whatever and you pick up an item and you look at something, can you read it and you go, Well, I don't know what that is because it doesn't sound like a food. Typically well, right. it's
0: one, three, two, two, yeah, Zed, yeah, or well, or like some, something like that,
1: yeah, like your numbers, or um, you know, formaldehyde or uh tauline, or you know, this is mm. the list goes on, um your parabens and sodium laurel, sulfates, and you name it, there's thousands of them, as I mentioned, so, if there's something that looks like it's not a food or not a like if you can't pronounce it on your skincare, I typically say Google it.
0: Yeah. And if you, you haven't encountered it before, like apple or orange. Yeah. Or yeah.
1: <laughs> or
0: peas. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, chemical maize at your fingertips, you can work out. And I, like I had a client email me uh, after a workshop a few weeks ago with the ingredients list of a product that was actually designed to be used in hospitals originally, which is where that conspiracy theory kicks back in, that had eight ingredients in it. She's like, oh, and she has chronic skin conditions. She mm. gets it all up her neck and into her ear. And the day that I'd seen her, it looked really painful in her ear and she had a big patch on the back of her arm. And she sent me this ingredients list and said, can you just have a quick review of this for me? I was like, sure, babe, no probs. And eight of the ingredients were suspect right. at best. Four of them, known skin irritants causing eczema, dermatitis, and skin irritations in a body moisturizer that was designed for hospital use. That's a bit fun. Isn't it? (laughs) I was like, and she goes, oh my God, what do I use instead? I'm like, in the meantime, like in the interim, coconut oil. And we'll look for some other alternatives for you.
0: Yeah.
1: But throw that shit in the bin. <laughs> yeah. Fall for it. Yeah. Actually, no, can you leave, let me have that so as I can take it to show people in my presentations. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> is- but, you know, that, and that's, and she goes, my skin dermatologist, my skin doctor recommended that. And it says on the label, recommended by dermatologists, Perfect for use on elderly and infant skin. I, I just angry much. <laughs> angry much. <laughs> so download Chemicalize. Yes. Number one, have that little pocket, that wisdom that. App in your pocket everywhere you go. Yeah. Um. Get a water filter. Yeah. Or just actually start drinking more water to help flush out the toxins from your mm-hmm. system. Uh, make sure you are drinking one liter for every twenty-two kilograms of body weight per day. Mm-hmm. So, and then if you're exercising on top of that, an extra two hundred and fifty mils for every fifteen minutes of exercise. Um, movement, so you're sweating it out as well. And another really good one. And we haven't even gone down this path it's all well and good to minimize your exposure to toxin, exposure to toxins but if you're not efficiently flushing those toxins out with appropriate amounts of water you're not pooping enough then it, it actually doesn't matter like if you're not pooping after every meal you're backed up to some level so looking at a solution to increase increase and improve your bowel movements What's that? That's four. There you go. Yeah.
0: What's going in? What's coming out? Yeah.
1: Well, if it's not coming out... It's through pop. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, um, you know, your body's one big sequence of tubes and the longest one being the one that goes from your mouth to your butt. Yeah. And if the same volume-ish isn't coming out as what's mm. going in, you've got a problem. Where is it? Yeah. And if it's stuck in your colon, which a lot of it is, the average Western adult has up to 10 kilos of unprocessed poop sitting in their colon that, you know, that middle age spread that they talk about, that's your body storing fat there to pull those toxins out of your colon and store those toxins because it doesn't want it in your colon mm. Fair chance if you got rid of what was in your colon, some of that middle age spread, that roly poly tummy would uh, reduce a little bit as well move off mm. mm.
0: what does the next three to five years look like for you
1: a lot cooler <laughs> definitely Hobart um, we hope to be living in Hobart within two years mm-hmm. uh, on semi-rural property with the facilities to host family and friends but also potentially health retreats, um, you know, education retreats where people come along. We've got a veggie patch and, um, you know, the facilities to forage and feed. Mm. And just get back to basics, you know, live in a eco-friendly home that is as warm as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, just keep. Talking to people about what I believe in.
0: Mm. Mm. It's it's been fascinating so far to just listen to you freely express what you're passionate
1: about. Yeah, yeah, and I like I swing from this brings me such peace to, oh my god, this makes me so mad. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I'm sat across from. Yeah. That's that's the journey that I'm on every day. But
0: it's that's awesome because the bit in the middle would be just, you know, the blur,
1: yeah, insipid. Just doing stuff. Just doing stuff. Yeah. You know, running a business. Unconsciously. Or two two businesses, crooked. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it is good to know <clears> that when I'm like, it's quite often when I'm feeling a little bit like going through those motions of every day, trying to tick things over with the business and da, da, da. You know, I get that email from a girlfriend who sends me the ingredients list of a moisturiser and I'm like, that shit makes me fucking mad. I am back on this. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it it kicks my my ass into gear to just, Mm. okay, let's next level it. Um, But equally those really like Zen times where I'm like, I'm so thankful and grateful that I can do what I love doing and what Mm -hmm. I'm so passionate about, they help to keep that motivation as well. So yeah, it's, it's fun. The poor husband.
0: (laughs) So, um, how do you keep yourself grounded in all of this? Because it can get all quite heady, I imagine, if
1: you're not careful. I do meditate Mm. every day, sometimes twice a day. Um, I uh, treat my food like I make sure when I'm preparing my meals and eating my meals I do that with like a grateful heart. Um I love to cook for people so you know sharing my love of food and also this journey of good food doesn't have to taste like rabbit food or whatever. It doesn't. It ha- yeah, like it doesn't have to be bland and it doesn't have to be um you know, I had an amazing lunch before i came out to see you today and it was a you know it wasn't anything expensive or fancy or whatever i just made earlier this week a pumpkin and cauliflower dal and it's got a beautiful kick of spices and and i sat there like this is so good but i need to get in the car and leave (laughs) (laughs) you know and so being able to share good food and you know that helps keep me grounded, I think, as well, because i you know, I think as a community and as a society we 've lost that it takes a tribe mm. um, you know I've mentioned that my husband and i don 't have children, but we 've got lots of beautiful children in our lives, mm. and you know being able to share with them and help keep them a bit grounded from. Some of the you know the the bright lights, big city dazzle that I mentioned earlier, um, and also I love the fact that even without children of our own, we get to see the world through those perfect glasses still. yes, because that is a really good way to give you a kick up the butt and realize that you don't have to take yourself so seriously, you don't have to take the world so seriously. there's a lot of beauty around us. you just need to take the time to check in with it hmm. and kids have an amazing ability to do that for you they do
0: yeah like little earthing rods
1: yeah they are yeah they certainly are
0: one of the last questions i always ask my guest is um if you could take a little nugget of information and just put it into the conscious collective so everyone just gets it what would that be
1: Um, I think it would actually be something as simple as read the label. Read <laughs> not the marketing, the information label. Mm. You know, flip that, that that bad boy over. You know, forget that marketing bullshit on the front, and read the fucking information. Because <laughs> that
0: is that for many areas of life.
1: Ah, oh, <laughs> you know the instruction manual even. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I mean specifically with food, and 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 just try not to get caught up in the greenwashing and the and the hype, you know. Like it, it, it there are, you know, there's lots of people out there s- delivering amazing messages, but then there's also a lot of people out there just trying to make money, mm. and it doesn't really matter to them how they make that money, unfortunately. So yeah just a bit more mindful of the the conscious daily things that you're doing what are you putting on your skin what are what is the air you're breathing like have you opened the windows this week do your kids get fresh air when they sleep yeah do you have any plants in the house like just a bit more mindfulness about everyday decisions because mm. we all get so caught up in autopilot just going through the motions yeah so just, yeah, stop and think. Stop and read.
0: If people want to find you, where
1: so can they find you? They can find the Lotox Lifestyler on Facebook and at um, Lotox Lifestyler on Instagram. And then I do have a website as well, lotoxlifestyler.com. Yeah. Where so all over the interwebs.
0: Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Yeah.
1: Enjoy the Pandora's box. <laughs> Yes, yes.
0: I I feel like I already started opening yeah. it years before. But no, um, it's been fantastic, as I said, to listen to you just so freely and passionately express what you are focused on. Mm. And yeah, I can imagine it would be so easy to depth people out with it mm. and scare the shit out of people and mm. this, that and the other
1: got to pick your audience
0: yeah but to actually listen to you just go full at it yeah.
1: is really good yeah
0: and yeah there's a whole stack of lived experience
1: oh absolutely and you know it's good for me to be able to have an opportunity to you know just like <laughs> this is like I have to censor a lot of this often because when you're talking to certain people they're not ready to hear it Mm. Uh, And as some of the audience might not be resonating with what I have to say when they listen to the podcast and that's okay. That's where they're at on their journey and they may never, you know, like you've had some amazing chefs on here who are vegan and, you know, I'm not a vegan, but I found the the message that they were delivering fascinating. It's just because they don't resonate with what I'm saying. They might not Mm. necessarily walk away without having learned something.
0: Mm. And there's always, yeah, because with each of these podcasts, there are uh, nuggets and lessons at lots of different levels. Yeah. The most deepest one, I think, here is take responsibility. Yeah. And that seems to turn up in all of them. Yeah. But just take responsibility over the decisions, or even over the smaller things, not necessarily the big. Yeah, it doesn't
1: things. need to be the groundbreaking stuff. Read,
0: yeah. And, and read the label and then decide consciously, yeah, I'll, I'll eat it anyway. Yeah or not today
1: yeah and you know I still haven't bought that gluten free Vegemite but that's my choice
0: indeed (laughs) Renee it's been an absolute pleasure thank
1: you so much Bryn I've loved it
0: super thank you very much